Hello and welcome to Psychotherapy. I am your host, Jet Dunlap. Today's episode, I touch on my theory of Y2K and how the internet sensation and technology came too quickly for our monkey brains to understand and how we are paying the price for that right now in 2020 as far as information. I talk about some solutions to this, but you're going to have to get your brain comb out because old Jetty Meister is bouncing around a bit. And maybe in the edit, it won't sound like that, but right now it feels pretty bouncy. I talk about sorting through nonsense in politics. I don't speak to politics directly because I like to try and stay neutral on this show. I'm not neutral on social media, but I try and stay neutral on this show. And the reason for that is this. I'm starting to do my new gig where I help folks out in uh, a therapy capacity. But just like this show, and I've been smart enough to do it for over almost a year now, is I don't want someone who has vastly different political views from me to have to hurt and not be helped by me because they understand that I have an agenda through this show. Like I said, personally, you come and talk to me, I'm going to tell you how I feel. But when it comes to my professional advice, my personal advice with you folks, and when I start taking clients, I don't want that to be a barrier because I believe that everyone should have access to mental health and help. And that's what I'm here for. So that's why I don't go political. Yeah, so I talk about where we are and what's going on. And I just saw a bushy squirrel jump around outside. So that's where I'm going to have to end it. I am Jet Dunlap. This is Psychotherapy Episode 78. And have I done two others before this? And I promised you I wouldn't tell you, but I am now that I didn't like because they're a little sad. Yes. But this is still Episode 78. And that episode is going to start right now. I have a theory that I've told Gina so many times and I've never gotten the reaction out of her that I want. If you're married and you're a me, which some of you are, um, you talk the person you're married to's ear off and sometimes there's these things you feel or think that you keep saying and they don't seem to understand that you're trying to get a piece of acknowledgement from them that validates this thing you think. Because in our case, Gina and I, even before the uh, pandemic, she was my first source of everything. When I went to the comedy club, when I was writing something, when I was practicing some kind of material, I would go to her when it's a funny comment on Facebook, Instagram. Not so much theories on the show. By the way, when I say Facebook and Instagram, I mean I do comedic photos every once in a while because I'm an old-timey weirdo, you'd have to look at him to understand. Anyway, one of my theories that I tell her about quite often is that Y2K actually happened, happened. <laughs> I was trying to, last week I was trying to that, with a play with the stereo, stereo, stereo effect of my uh, microphone, and I think that that was a, uh, a hangover or a holdover. A hangover is something you get when you drink. Haven't had that in so long, I uh, misused it in terminology. But a uh, holdover from that episode. So I told Gina that I think Y2K happened. 
let's say I was 10 years old when Y2K happened. I was very advanced and I had a great memory. They had stickers on all the computers they were selling that said, don't forget to turn your computer off on December 31st at 11.59 p.m. 1999. Because if you didn't, we believed the human race that cracks the genome of anything we need cracked, you know, because that's how you crack genomes. Anyway, <laughs> clearly I know a lot about that. I was going to talk about the coronavirus. They did that quickly, but I'm underinformed. So anyway, we are very advanced today in 2020, but back then we thought if you left your computer on in 1999 to 2000, there was a good chance it was either going to become sentient and murder you, or it would blow up. But that was about how it was. There was still a good amount of mystery. You couldn't just look up everything. Now, what happened after the year 2000? It feels like it was slow at first, and then it ramped up exponentially. And especially when social media was introduced, and even more so with the advent of the iPhone in 2007. I was a part of that. As you know, I'm sure you couldn't forget, I was a co-writer of the sales script for the iPhone in Los Angeles, and I was a part of the team that launched the first iPhone. You might feel like that's a brag, but if you're bragging about being a part of a 2,000-person team or more in a thing that occurred, believe it or not, 12 years ago, it's pretty, pretty sad. But uh, I was. I was a part of that team. But since that technology came out and you were able to hold information in your hand from anywhere you want and subscribe to information that you only want to see, and that is a real piece of this puzzle. What if you lived in a world where the only information that ever received to you, I spoke that wrong, uh, to your eyes and ears, mostly your eyes, God, what is wrong with you, Jet? You are... The last one was dusting off the rust. Now it's even been a long... Oh my God, you forgot your word talkers. Imagine if every piece of information you received was custom catered to your opinions that you already had. Isn't that scary? When I think back on my life, when I was in my most mentally developmental... (laughs) (sighs) I was receptive to things that I wouldn't have been receptive to if I was only getting curated information. So I think of education as being information that was forced upon you until you found pieces of that education to be interesting to you and then you discovered more and more. Now that you can curate your world, and it's even worse for the Generation Z because They're also saying, and I've talked about this before, you treat me this way. I'm insecure. I'm depressed. I'm this, I'm that. So touch me with kid gloves. (laughs) Again, that sounds dirtier than it should. Only treat me in the way I want the world to exist for me, as opposed to I am a person who has to exist in the world. Therefore, I must be equipped to handle that. And I, I point to the year 2000 as being what started this because the technological revolution is that Now we only get information we want from sources we want, how we want it. Now, for people my age and much older, because I'm very young, 
that's okay because we learned all the other stuff before we got to this age. I'm not going to be able to sum it all up now, but here's the deal. You believe what you want to believe. And then you find who agrees with you. News reporter, fringe website. My point is, is that uh, they're not news sources. You'll seek out these opinion-based, quote, facts, and then you'll use them as weapons. And then what happens is the person who is the loudest is going to be the one whose opinion seems to be the most pervasive. And sometimes that will be the world that lots of people live in. And of course, politically, this is huge. But it goes to everything. We are so overwhelmed by opinions that we have created that we want to hear that most of our conversations with the people in our three-dimensional world, in real life as the kids call it, we will just talk about these things we feel that we keep repeating. And then we're in this tailspin where most of our energy is being utilized to talk about the things we feel and have always felt. Now, where would that tie into what we do here? I guess a good thing about this curated life that we have is that we can use those filters to bring us the information we want to that is good. I have three apps that I have to use when I wake up in the morning. One is my sobriety app. I make a pledge in the morning that I will be sober, and then at the end of the day, I do that again. So it's beginning of the day and end of the day. I'm going to be sober. This is not something I need at this point in my life, but it's a routine. It's something I'm used to. Something I want to do. Then I look at my daily teachings. Then I look at my affirmations. So what I try and do is get fed by these apps the information that is going to be positive to step out of my bed on the right foot. Set the precedent for my day in right thinking. Every single day, and I cannot believe this is true, because I had the luxury eight years previous to not think about politics, but every single day I can be bombarded by new, acute pieces of information that are devastating. And that's hard. And that weighs on you. And that takes your energy. But do you need that every day, every hour, every minute? Is that something that does you good? Is researching that something that does you good? And even worse, is finding the information, the true information, not the nonsense, and trying to prove to your friends who have lost their minds that they have lost their minds, is that helpful? Does that do you any good? Does it do your friend any good? If we go back to the episodes where I talked about how many energy units you have, do you want to give all those away to have the same Groundhog's Day style conversation every single day? I've told you before, I have friends who try and bring me into uh, conversations about politics and they happen to be on the <laughs> on the other side of the conversation, let's put it that way. And uh, I won't let them bait me because in the few cases of people I have that are friends that are on this political side, um, the ones that I have kept as friends, I really like these people and I don't want to force a wedge between us. But also, there's just no point. People are getting all the information they want that's on the things they want to hear, and that's what they'll believe. So all this to say, 
that combating a thing that cannot be won from where you are in the position you are currently, why participate? It's hard enough to be home as much as we are, have our lifestyle changed. I've told you I think of it as an opportunity, but most opportunities are not easy. The ones you take. I will say that the ones you don't take, you'll regret even more, and that hurts more than actually struggling to fulfill an opportunity. But just because I see this as an opportunity doesn't mean it's not difficult. We are in an amazing place in the world right now. Reality that was such a firm ground that we could stand on up until the last 10 years and most, I mean, acutely over the last five years. This idea of a firm reality is an illusion. And we all see that because every day our idea of real is shattered. About two weeks ago, something happened and it slipped through the headlines and you could look it up. And it, you don't have to look it up on lizard in the sky, tell me what to do.com sites. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about legitimate sites, legitimate publications. Two weeks ago, the government released video and audio of two previous flights where military aircraft encountered UFOs. It wasn't debated. The government said it was UFOs. The science community said it was UFOs. Everyone agreed. There was a meteor that flew by us in 2017 that was very long and cylindrical. And this article came out about a year ago, but it'll show up every once in a while. And uh, it was in a shape that couldn't have been created by space, and its speed was unnatural. If you read any of the science publications, again, not fringe ones, NASA, they say they believe that it was an extraterrestrial probe. I'm not saying go to coast to coast. I'm not saying get into the X-Files. I'm talking about stuff that science said. Some of you are hearing this for the first time, and we'll look into this after I'm done with this episode. It's true stuff. And we don't care. <laughs> Our world is so overwhelmed with information right now. We are so bombarded by unreality. Pandemic the way the White House is. We are so shocked every day that when massive pieces of proof of extraterrestrial life, now these little green men haven't showed up to Earth and waved and given us hugs and showed us future technology, but we have this information that is unprecedented that any other time in history would have been earth-shattering. But it's not, because we're so overwhelmed. The only information that we ever remember is the one that was told us 10 seconds ago. I mean, we know now every single minute of every single day what celebrity or slight celebrity has died. That takes up about a quarter of your day. Then you're obsessed with something else. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear the president said this insane thing? Whether you like him or whether you hate him, he is overwhelming. And I want that person's job to be something I don't have to pay attention to because they're doing such a good job. So again, not with an agenda, but it is overwhelming. It is so overwhelming that something like, and do your own research, but something like potential proof of alien existence 
falls by the wayside. And that's a part of this Y2K thing. At one point, we had to seek out information, and we were exposed to information we would have never gotten any other way, but through this classes or friends or people that were different. Like I said, we were given exposure to things we didn't prefer, shown things we didn't want to learn. If I had grown up, if I was 20 years old right now, because I'm human and I'm stubborn, I wouldn't even call myself stubborn. Uh, You can tell I'm not stubborn because I just changed my view. I think because I like information so much, I probably would have just stayed home and watched Netflix all the time. I mean, I would have gone out and that's not true. I would have exercised because I have that desire. But my point is I would have lived a very different life. Maybe I wouldn't have been exposed to all the amazing things I was. Maybe I wouldn't have just grabbed my stuff one day and moved to Santa Cruz. I probably wouldn't have because there would have been cool enough stuff on TV. I probably would have been motivated to become a distance runner because I could have just sat and watched Netflix. So what does that fall to? It falls to us to become an intelligent manager of our lives. And again, I think of those things as dirty words because as a student who didn't like school, I don't like the idea of me telling you to manage your life. How about you're the ringleader? (laughs) That's more of a circus way, right? We have to control the stimuli we are exposed to by humans too, not just in our digital world. I've said many times, and I'll say it again, I hate prefaces. Or do I hate prefaces? I have cut all those toxic people out of my life. It was hard, and it was stuff that took up a lot of my brain because I'm like, oh, should I have done that? But now the people I know and the people I talk to are amazing. And some of the people who I didn't talk to before are now amazing again because I've become more positive because I've only exposed myself to positive people. Why do I have to do that? Because I am innately negative and sad and depressed. So I force myself to do what I think people should volunteer to do, which is cultivate their life in a way where they are still exposed to new things. I make sure and do that on Pinterest, on Facebook, on Instagram. The things I sign up for are things I want to learn about. Plus, I read. I spent 29 hours last month listening to audiobooks, and that's not what I read on paper. I'm also doing my class. 29 hours. Gina and I, for the last month and a half, have been doing woodwork. And when you see pictures of that, please sign up for my Instagram. Jet and Gina is the Instagram handle. J-E-T-T. And, well, I mean, if you don't know how to spell my name by now, I have done custom woodwork. I do things that are different and new to me every single day. That is what life is about. That is what we must do. Expose ourselves to things that we would not normally be exposed to. Fight this Y2K idea of only getting information we want so we become more and more rigid, more and more isolated, and die alone even if we're living next to someone. Even if we have a spouse and children, we've separated ourselves from everyone else because our viewpoints are so different. When I went into sales, because that was the only job I could get that could make me real money, I told you before I was trained by only Middle Eastern dudes at Good Guys. One of them was Vaskin, a lifelong friend. I learned so much about Armenian culture, Israeli culture, Indian culture. I wouldn't have if I had stayed in my little world. This seems so innate, and I sound so preachy. I'm saying it because it changes your perspective. And it'll motivate you in ways you hadn't had before. 
It'll enrich you in ways you haven't been enriched before. And I know you're hearing this from a hypocrite because I don't really travel. And by really, I mean I don't travel outside the U.S. Now I won't be able to, so it's very convenient. But I've been internally traveling for a long time. Fight this sensation to only get what you want. Because that's what racists do, right? I'm not calling you a racist, but it's why racism came to this point again. Is because when I first heard about, not when I first heard, but when you think about the internet, one of the things that eventually it'll wipe out, hypothetically, but I think it's true, is that kids who grew up in a city where they only saw people who look like them, that's not going to happen anymore because they're friends on Facebook, they're friends on Instagram, they're friends, friends on Twitter, they're friends on Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. These are people who look different than them. You're not just able to live in a bubble as far as exposure to different looking people. And I thought that'd be great. But another thing it's done is made groups of people who are narrow-minded become more narrow and create this negative narrative. I don't think that most of my listeners are doing that. So I think that some of this advice is more about keeping yourself in a positive mindset. But I also want you to be aware of the fact that the people you know who are in a very narrow mindset A part of why they're there is because we don't know what to do with this power. Our reach has exceeded our grasp. Even if that's not the right thing, what I'm saying is that we have invented stuff that is far beyond our understanding of the repercussions. And now when you hear a million lies a day, people can say, well, that is truth. Even though physical numbers prove that it is not Millions of people believe it just because they heard it. My age and younger hear things on social media and don't take them as facts. Of course they're not. Facebook's not news. YouTube's not news. I know that. Some folks are confused. And we're paying the price for that and we're seeing that right now. But it is a pretty amazing opportunity in the world to see things like the possible proof of aliens. Is that how I want to end? Because that would be the most bizarre thing to end on. Yeah, let's do that. I'm out of words. Go check into Aliens. This is Psychotherapy with Jart Dunrip. Thanks for listening.